Hello all, welcome to the Literacy Spire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 199, and today we'll be talking about Heart of the Crystal Gems. I'm GC13. I'm Isabel. And I'm David. So, uh, so wow. Yeah, a complete disappointment. Just wow, nothing happened. You know, five episodes oh, and yeah. an hour long of just... You know, absolute emptiness. I can't believe it. Um, honestly, I have no An notes here. I think I'm just gonna have to go ahead and exit the, the call now. Really, but man, real talk though. Dat reunited though. Yes, it was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I I almost thought it was gonna be a whole musical from the start. What an it was a stellar opening. I, I the other episodes were well animated too, but there was something about the presentation again of being sort of a musical that just really popped. Just seeing Steven in, in a spotlight in darkness starting off was kind of startling. It was like, I don't know, big, not transition, but um, just something different <laughs> to, to kick it off with. And, it was wild. Yeah, it was really awesome. And this is now like the record holder for possibly the longest song sequence for a single song outside of you know the actual musical episode i don't know i'd have to time and see if this beats <laughs> out take a moment or uh flexibility love and trust can't think of the name of the dang song anyway here comes a thought right yeah that would be the name of yeah, the, one of the, the one. most <laughs> one of the best songs in steven universe yeah mm-hmm but I mean, I, I always knew that this was going to end up, even even before the podcast spoilers. Oh, and I, I guess I should say that if you've seen Reunited, it's all clear for the podcast spoilers. The, the clip in the podcast technically isn't from Reunited, but like it is about, you know, the aftermath of Reunited. Right. So I yes. mean, it's clearly showing Steven and the Diamonds having made nice. So we're good to go there. But yeah, even... Even before the podcast spoilers, it was super obvious that the series was going to end with Steven and his... You know what? I've, I've been calling them his aunts, but lately I want to call them his grandmothers. I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Something about an age I'm not, difference. I'm not sure if they were Pink's older sisters or her mothers. Oh, it's kind of hard mm. hard to tell now. I mean, he is Pink Diamond, so are they really his children? Well, I guess... Only Amethyst would be his child, <laughs> but that's maybe gets oh, a little confusing. Right. Ugh, okay. Mm. Yeah that that that's a that's a that's a whole other can of worms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stephen has a whole bunch of kids, really, out out in the zoo and everywhere else. But yeah. So speaking of that spoiler, that spoiler trailer, I'd forgotten about Bismuth's presence, and so um, Maid of Honor was a total surprise to me when that hit. I didn't see it going there at all. I had remembered Bismuth in the podcast spoiler, which is why when the bingo card said a gem gets shattered, uh, everyone was worried it was going to be Bismuth because of how expensive her voice actress must be. <laughs> I knew it wasn't going to be Bismuth, but I also remembered that Peridot wasn't in bad ending shots but but thankfully she was only poofed and we have no indication that she was shattered and uh as like 20 <sighs> different people have posted on the subreddit she and lapis are gonna get their stars and maybe a place in the intro i do like though it's just so <gasps> intentional yes. that they were the only two that poofed that they'd be getting a redesign and it's yeah. been a, well, quite a while so since anyone had a redesign do you think that the intro will include 
uh, like Stephen being held in yellow or blue's palm, Pro- probably like her setting him down, and then he like jumps off to do something actiony. That would be so I cool. I think mm. if this final this final run of episodes that comes after this is going to be part of a total sea change for Steven Universe. Like I, it's gonna be just like when we saw the intro change after season one, where. Now, instead of getting a mysterious turnaround of Yellow Diamond, it's going to be White Diamond, and it's going to be everyone else together, <laughs> including the two current gems. I don't know. But the story's definitely moving on, I think, from the past for once, and I wouldn't be surprised if Blue and Yellow were part of the intro now. You mentioned White Diamond as an adversary, and people are pointing out that in the commercial that they were running for Heart of the Crystal Gems... You know how I mentioned that there's like, oh, she's doing her nanophone thing, but then they show that shot where she's clearly not talking and it bothers me. <laughs> well, that shot where she's clearly not talking wasn't in Reunited. So there's God, something no, it else wasn't. in the sky of Beach City. That's very mysterious. <sighs> I'm just I'm just really hoping that's uh, Yellow and Blue's ride back to Homeworld, not White Diamond here to say, hey, where's my cluster? Because like, I mean, if she's going to wake up, now's the time. There's a reason they came to come get the cluster, too. It was so startling when it was just like right after the wedding, two handships come out of nowhere demanding the cluster. I mean, it was seeded in the episode when Peridot said like, oh, the diamonds could come any day for the cluster that this would happen in the episode. But like, we weren't really given much of a reason as to why they were. Everyone just sort of reacted as, okay. Uh, they're here now because, of course, they would be here now. Let's fight. I think that there <laughs> needs to be something having driven them there, though. If it turns out that they're just in the next episode, just hanging out, talking to Steven, and then work on trying to get back home because their ships are broken, that's not going to be enough for me that they just suddenly came to demand the cluster. Like, to me, that's a they were provoked. And I'm excited to see that play out if that's the case. Anyway. Before we before we spend too much time talking about Reunited, I, I guess we should move on and uh, take a step back and talk about the earlier episodes a little <laughs> bit. Yes. So, now we're only falling apart. Like, I liked the new insight into Pink's backstory. This kind of wraps a bow up on understanding the transition from Pink Diamond to Rose and kind of answers, I think, all, all my questions on why she did what she did. It even justified Pink Diamond's war as far as that she'd already pleaded to the Diamonds to change their minds. I mean, we had already seen that in Can't Go Back, though. Like, we had already seen the implication. They they didn't need to put that in the episode, but, I mean, I can't believe that there were people who were like, oh, why would she, why didn't she just tell Yellow and Blue that she didn't want to do it? And it's like, did, did you not see can't go back where they're like no 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 you you just do your thing hon right i mean this showed her definitely having even less of the bratty behavior she's basically always been kind of like the rose that we know except that you know she transformed (laughs) you see she really turns the regality up a notch when she's talking to garnet there (laughs) yeah i mean the the just the difference in tone of voice it was huge. Well, and there's there's a lot about Rose where mm-hmm. she still does it wrong. Besides even just the war, I mean, she's just such a fascinating character to look at in, in, in this, where she did, still did manipulate people. And even though this episode still kind of reminds us that there's a good side to her, you know, Sapphire says, 
or Steven, I can't remember who, says to Pearl, you know, you made her stay on Earth wanting to live with you. And that was a great thought for that time, but that's not what ended up happening. Eventually, Rose even started loving humans quickly and ditching that plan. And there's a lot that I'm sure people got hurt by. Oh, yeah. I'm like, when did that happen? When did Rose start, like, falling in love with humans? They better explain that. (laughs) Right. I think there's that character development we haven't seen where we still don't understand her story between Pearl and her. Mm. Kind of jumping a little bit forward to something tangentially related to Reunited, but you talking about her loving humans uh, made me think. We had always wondered who the armor of the Fallen was for. Uh, I guess we had kind of figured that it was human armor, or at least armor for humans, since obviously there must have been some humans who fought in the gem war, right? But then we see Bismuth wearing a suit of armor, and it's like, oh, hmm. Yeah. Maybe there were some armored crystal gems after all. Yeah. Well, and it just helps because their light forms obviously just as unstable as humans, except they just get poofed if they get cut. Yeah. They're not thinking about those natives that she saw. One of the things about Rose's design that's always been there is that she looks human. And it always been a thought in Mm -hmm. my mind. Why did Rose look so human? And I, that was really the only disappointing aspect for me of this episode is that she immediately takes on instead of being purple or pink human skin tone instead and just looks more human in general and i didn't really understand that choice like to me the fact that rose looks human and even has more of a human bust and stuff is seemed like something that would have happened after she'd become enamored with humans but instead she takes on you know her rose form immediately uh instead of looking more like like she stuck out like a sore thumb amongst all the you know, other amethysts. So Mm -hmm. I kind of got to take away points for that. It just seems like something even the Kruniverse would care about because it's core to her transition. Like if she later wanted to look more like a human, that's fine. I I don't know. Because that that was a thing anyway. I mean, she needed to hide that she was pink, but she didn't to me match with the other court soldiers. And gems have such a type and a look that it'd be weird that pink diamond wouldn't think to try to integrate better i mean she looked like a human walking among them but i don't know (laughs) a really big human a big human who will later give pearl her number (laughs) (laughs) also i guess the kindergarten at this point had already at first when i saw it i was like why is it already dead looking except you know they note that they're leaving xj9 behind so this is already the completion of the kindergarten and it's 8xm not or uh, 8xm not jenny not jenny from my life as a teenage robot in case anyone doesn't remember that wow i can't believe i just mixed that up but yeah so that's why the kindergarten already looks dead at this point i don't know where all those soldiers are going but anyway and in case anybody uh, was watching and has not seen a thread. 8XM is Amethyst. Yes. Yep. <laughs> I'm certain there's there are some listeners who aren't keeping up with Reddit, but uh, anyone who didn't catch that themselves, very fun fact. So that's actually weird. Uh, I had always thought that Amethyst had been meant to emerge late in the war, and you know, by... Yeah. But since right. she, she was in there the whole war plus 500 years. 
Yeah, 500 years late. Now that oh. you bring that up, there's something wrong about that, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Do, do we know that she completely appeared after the war? She never saw any of the actual fighting? I guess she didn't because when the corruption happens, she was in there. Yeah. Yeah, and Peridot said that she had never seen another quartz before, and, you know, Amethyst tacitly agreed with her by not correcting her. Oh, no, that's a continuity error I didn't want to know about. <laughs> what? That 500 years, that's going to bother me now. That she'd been in there a long time? No, just that she's 500 years late, but now that timeline is not right. Well, anyway. no, no, it's it's not that she was 500 years late, it's that the whole was 500 years later than the others. I just always assumed that she was 500 years late as well, but not not uh, 1,750 years late, which is cray. But she did come after all the war because she was yeah, safe in the hole. Yeah, 500 years the after the war. I'm saying that the kindergarten was going right up until the end of the war. And so 500 oh. years after the others, 500 years after the war. Yeah, I guess every hole wasn't there in the wall yet, oh. but it still looked pretty lifeless. It would have been more interesting to see a yeah. like halfway transition at that point to see, it, you know, give us the feeling that it actually lost some life. I, I did notice, though, that... Pink was there, or Pink slash Rose was there, when 8XM failed to emerge. Uh, wouldn't it be interesting if the reason she just uh, happened to find Amethyst was because she kept checking up to see, you know, if this <laughs> Amethyst would ever come back, especially after the corruption happened, you know, the you know last the last gem she can have and protect. That would still be a fun yeah. episode to have. We haven't really seen the Amethyst Emerges episode because I'm sure she was causing some... If it wasn't that Rose founder first, <laughs> you know, if Amethyst ended up causing some trouble somewhere and the Crystal Gems went to investigate, that would be a fun episode. I don't know. I got the implication that Amethyst never left the kindergarten until Rose showed up. That's why I would assume that Rose would keep going back to check for her. <laughs> that she was such a good friend with all those rocks. <laughs> Amethyst's mm -hmm. entire life might have just been there for a while. She might have thought all those were her family. Oh! I mean, you saw how quickly the Amethysts were bonding. They were like hugging each other right out of the ground. Yeah. It's so adorable. But yeah, Pearl not nearly as edgy at the start of their little rebellion as she looked. She played the part of the dashing renegade Pearl very well. In the Sky Arena, but she's right back to, oh no, I need to be, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, doing wrong thing. I need to be replaced. Oh, yeah. Seeing her mm -hmm. on the moon base was, you know, dramatically different from how we see her now. I thought that was written really well. And the way she stood just absolutely still and served more as an information mm -hmm. guide, really using her, you know, displaying <laughs> functionality. That mm -hmm. was very weird to see of, of Pearl, but it really made uh, you see how far she's come, which we've already known that for a long time. But seeing her like this, it's kind of weird that Pink, you know, had that relationship with her. It's such a weird transition from Pearl to Goat, from serving to loving, <laughs> uh, yeah. which is now we know why that's yeah. so hard on her. It looked like Pink always wanted Pearl to break out of her shell, though. It's like the whole, hey, can you imagine? <laughs> Am I right? And being very dissatisfied <laughs> when Pearl does the very stiff, boring Pearl response. <laughs> I could imagine it if you wanted me to, my diamond. Okay, seriously, Pearl, quit sassing me. <laughs>
Okay, so like back to the Sky Arena, you know, did you notice that like there the topazes were there? Yeah, well, we don't know that they were the topazes, but they were definitely topazes. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, like narratively, yeah, it was probably probably that, but we don't know for sure. Yeah. Seeing that little scene replayed, that was an interesting choice that they made to repeat stuff from the answer. It was kind of neat seeing mm-hmm. the Sky Arena in full color this time, but they kind of cheaped us out with just showing two gems that we've already seen before, where the silhouettes from that court included many more that we haven't seen, including even a lapis lazuli. Priyanka Maheshwaran. Yeah, and a Maheshwaran <laughs> mother. So... Uh, that one still's gone unanswered. I mean, why do you think Connie's such a good fighter, really? <laughs> yeah, they still haven't played the one of the townies is actually a gem card yet. And I guess I'm waiting on that. Although they're they're thinking about it with Onion. <laughs> Steven is, if anything, even less convinced now that Onion is a human than he was back in Marble Madness. He, back in Marble Madness, he thought he was a human. But now he's just like, you know what? I'm just going to list Onion as his own separate thing, along with sentient gourds. Steven witnessed Onion's birth. Unless the conspiracy goes deeper, (laughs) Onion is human. That was was faked and Steven knew it. He knew it was a hospital setting, not an actual hospital. That that thing's as fake as the moon landings. (laughs) (laughs) They probably filmed it in the same studio. Uh, any anything to make memes about onion so yeah um what's your problem was the second episode of this bomb um probably my least favorite of the batch to be honest i mean it's definitely the least uh, there's not a lot of new we get out of it but as i kind of predicted or wanted from a week or two ago we dealt with how amethyst reacted to this whole situation and i enjoyed that because amethyst is weirdly the most mature gem on the team and i really enjoy seeing that aspect of her you know sometimes the goofiness gets played off as amethyst you know just unintentionally being that way it's just her personality and you know everyone just expects her to be silly but seeing amethyst's choices as intentional in order to you know cheer up steven or lighten the group's mood is really cool and having her sort of freak out and everything yeah. was was fun and i do i the helicopter scene <laughs> and it's get out of my head wildly steven. holding on and get literally back, steven and that wasn't the last time steven would literally go inside people to change how they feel but um <laughs> mm-hmm. anyway lots of like, it's really weird for me watching What's Your Problem? Because there are lots of times where I'm like, okay, I could tell that the series thinks that character development has just happened, but I can't see it. And even after having like half a dozen people explain to me that the character development is Amethyst putting Steven's needs ahead of her own, I just don't think the script really brings that out very well, especially like her meltdown in the pizza shop where it makes it seem like she is projecting her feelings onto him. I just don't, I just don't see that as particularly mature or character developing. Yeah. Well, Amethyst, and well, really Steven universe does this a lot in general. We had this, it felt this way too in the Steven versus Amethyst episode and arc where, I mean, because of the 
11 minute format and whatever other choices the writers make it's kind of character development is also like character lurching and it um we're just expected to believe that you know after 11 minutes have passed the character has changed in some significant way i i want to i don't know if this really changes how we look at amethyst much yeah i mean exactly it, mm-hmm. it, it but sometimes to me that's okay to take the time to if every episode you see a character in is them developing then how do you ever get to experience the state they're in so i mean this is this is amethyst post a lot of other episodes i mean her arc's been as long as anybody else starting from i mean to me one of the most dramatic episodes with her like maximum capacity we've gone from her feelings about Rose and losing her on that to, you know, all the way up to here. I mean, that's that that's a long forming development on how she feels about Rose. And then, you know, from her dealing with how she feels about herself has been a long road since she, since we found out she was a runt from the kindergarten and dealing with Jasper. So, you know, at this point, with all those things behind her, this is her attempting to navigate this space of being uh trying to understand maturity. Maybe she isn't super mature yet since she's still projecting herself on. But maybe it's also a bold statement to say she's still the most mature of the other three. Because we've always <laughs> felt that these sad. <laughs> these thousands of years old beings sometimes act a little young and that's always mm-hmm. been weird. Yeah. A lot the new crystal gems. But yeah, usually usually it's like I can see what they're going for and it's just like, oh man, I wish they had more time. Like maybe if instead of 11 minutes they had 15 or if they had full 22 minute episodes, this would have been better. But in this case, it's like, nope, just throwing my hands up. I don't I don't get it. Maybe after I watch it a fourth or a fifth time, it'll make more sense to me. But having watched it a couple times, I'm like, eh, just not doing anything for me. Also, that pizza is disgusting. <laughs> I <laughs> can't blame you on that. Uh, I don't uh, know why Stephen yeah. was backing it up, but whatever. Yeah, and also how the napkin magically gets larger when it comes time to tie it off. That jumped I out mean, at me. oh really? <laughs> Amethyst gem magically shifts in size too. Lots of things don't stay consistent in size in the show. At this point, I just can't <laughs> even point out size anymore. It just doesn't matter. Yeah. And, oh, and then this time yeah. they decided to go with the whole the gem can only. Actually, I'm not sure if they depicted the gem as having shrunk at all. So I don't know if they finally picked a lane or if later on she'll shrink down really small and her gem will, you know, shrink with her. I don't know what to expect with tiny shape shifting anymore. Well, I just mean with the model shifting, you know, even though oh, they yeah, show her that. small, but her gem remains big. I'm sure if you took a ruler to it, there would be a difference between her gem next to a cup versus her gem normally on her chest or whatever, you know, but mayhaps beside. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but any anything else to say about this or shall we move on to the question? <laughs> Am uh, I dumb okay. <laughs> that I didn't know the title of this was a proposal? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, you obviously must not have watched Rocco's Modern Life. No, not a hashtag true 90s kid. The the first thing I thought when I saw the question was the big question. But then I also knew that there was going to be a wedding thanks to the key rings Mm -hmm. or keychains. But Ruby is the most adorable little cowboy on the prairie. Confirmed. 10 out of 10. Her song was like incredible to me. (laughs) Like. I 
Probably Charlene Yee is one of my favorite uh, people doing voice work on this show. And that just came out of nowhere to me. Like she pulled off that country style so well. Like I thought I would be laughing the whole time. But like I just couldn't get over how much they were doing. And Rebecca Sugar loves this word. This cowboy pastiche. And you know. <laughs> yeah, Self-aware pastiche. Uh, it was awesome. <laughs> Uh yeah, I l- I love Ruby and I love Chloe. The voice work is just. Mm. Can I just say that I love how when Ruby said she wanted to be out there, you know, braving the wilderness, facing danger at every turn, she honestly meant the Dolphin Tail comic book, book. When when Stephen <laughs> offered, she was honestly thinking, "Oh yeah, dolphin, dangerous living," and uh, and and then it's like, "Oh yeah, cowboy, that's even better." How come we we, we need to get an alternate? alternate episode where she shapeshifts into a dolphin and we have an aquatic adventure. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been great, but yeah, hearing hearing Ruby say stuff like, ah, reckon. Oh, that was good. Yeah. This is sort of a weird part of Steven Universe that we are expected sometimes to believe in these characters a lot more uh, as if they were in our world, understanding their feelings and, 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 you know, their actions making more sense. This is so wildly off the charts for, you know, Ruby (laughs) being basically like an eight year old wanting to go play cowboy because because she's so wonderful and spontaneous. I mean, you know, I kept uh. thinking about like Garnet doing this and uh, it's so weird for this who knows how old Ruby Garnet is has always had an affinity around. for cowboys. That's true. Even as early as episode 25. <laughs> I I'm not saying there's not a lot of evidence that Garnet wanted to live out a cowboy fantasy or maybe just Ruby, but <laughs> you know, I it's fine. It's fine that it was so silly because the Song and dance always wins me over, and so it was fine. Dolphin Tail. I do like how this brought up Ruby's thoughts about being separate and Mm -hmm. actually living out her own life. That is going to be something interesting to see maybe happen in the future. I mean, the whole point of this wedding is potentially that Garnet doesn't have to be Garnet all the time, and I really like that they've brought that up in this show. Yeah, that would be nice. Mm -hmm. It's just... The since we've had this concept of fusions and then a permafusion, they're really, you know, trying to draw as much as they can about showing, you know, children what a healthy relationship looks like. And we've seen that explored in so many ways between, you know, the Crystal Gems and Steven. And, you know, especially with Pearl learning to love herself and, and do things for her and not just for others. But it, we we've never really considered what it might be for ruby and sapphire to actually be more individual sometimes so that'll be fun to see how they deal with that in the future yeah although i will say for like steven you know talking to ruby it's like you know ruby you're talking about missing sapphire so much you do realize you were fused with her for almost six thousand years like it's probably gonna take a week or two for you to get used to being by yourself you know (laughs) give or take a few arguments we're assuming that they've basically stayed fused since they barely met each other after falling out of the sky so it's been quite a whirlwind for garnet just expecting to be okay with being by yourself all of a sudden like 
come on. There, there, there's no sense of, oh, oh, come on, Ruby. I mean, you can fuse back to Garnet if that's what you want, but you gotta realize that if you want to stay separate, like, it's going to take a long time for that to feel normal. But, I mean, again, 11 minutes. We had a, we had a diamond attack to get to. <laughs> well, first, you know, uh, business reintegration into the team and Maid yeah. of Honor was, for <gasps> yes. me, especially if you hadn't seen the spoilery promo, was just totally out of left field. I mean, you, you know, you know that these characters have to come back that are in that bubble room, but I, it just made this finale so much more exciting because Bismuth was a really awesome episode and yeah. she's a really awesome <laughs> yes. character and she really brings a whole, having a character that's exclusively from the war and who experienced the war with the Crystal Gems, unlike Lapis, unlike Peridot, is special. And her voice actress is awesome. Yeah, there were a lot of people worried that we'd have another Opal or another Sugalite on our hands. But I guess they managed to managed to score the big voice actress. Yeah, maybe they're saving up their pennies between all these hiatuses to pay some of these bigger talents. I don't know. Or maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe they're actually doing just as good financially as we've always believed they have been. We so. can hope. <laughs> But yeah, seeing Bismuth's reaction to the bubble room was a big deal. Yeah, I mean, we we knew she wouldn't take that very well. Thankfully, she's a very mentally resistant person, so she was able to quickly respond to the threat. And by quickly, I mean, took her a little while to get over the shock. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that Biggs could have taken her out. I think if it hadn't been for Steven, she still could have defended herself, but... I was really on edge to see a lot more bubbles pop after she freed. Oh yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. Like, did you feel that tension? It was very palpable for me. I was like, how are they going to deal with this if they all pop all at once? This is going to be a whole different oh. finale. I mean, it could have been a Stephen Bismuth fusion. That could have been a way to solve that. Don't try to get my hopes up, Mister. <laughs> I mean, we're going to see a Bismuth Peridot fusion for sure. I mean, if if mm. Lapis will allow it. Oh, I mean, the bouquet has been caught, so. Oh, the bouquet has definitely <laughs> been caught. But yeah, Maid of Honor, I think if it if it hadn't been for Reunited, would have been my favorite of the bunch. And I still think that's my favorite. Like, it's, it's complicated, but like, Reunited is just like so whoa. But just as an ordinary episode, I think Maid of Honor is my favorite. Yeah, there's there's an aura to Bismuth, sort of like Lapis to me where she just feels like a little more of a real character and hearing her and Steven talk about Rose and, and, and dealing with some of those emotions to me just feels better written and acted out and executed. So it really helps me connect more and also just Bismuth making the rings and things like that. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. And cute and wonderful and I love how even a character who just showed up once in Lion's Mane and then once for a two-parter can can feel so integral to the team again. And I know, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then that feeling, too, of her feeling like she's been gone so long and like her friends didn't care about her. And yet the Crystal Gems embrace her is just a cool thing. I liked her little speech about Steven being the leader. You know, someone's making them have hope in the future and that someone is you. I liked that. That speech is cool, too, in... That the point that I'm having trouble articulating, but that that's the type of sort of conversation we don't get as much from when Stephen talks with the other crystal gems, because that conversation is both inspiring to 
like, you know, demonstrating how far Steven's come in leadership, but it also has this kind of sickening undertone of like, yeah, it's very is ominous. Steven, you know, Bismuth is right too that they're listening to him and care more about him than her. And that hurts, you know? It's it's a weird place to be in for Steven. I was impressed with how quickly she was able to make those weapons. I mean, we, we <laughs> saw her do it before, but those are some nice weapons she was making. <laughs> Tossing into a corner. Yeah. Also, I like that scene where, you know, when Bismuth showed up and the Crystal Gem saw her and then they all like dropped their drinks, except Paradox. <laughs> she's still holding. Yes. <laughs> Floating. I win. Also, less importantly, who's this? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, Paradotti. Oh, wait. Sophia did uh, did send messages regarding the question, by the way. Uh, she, along with I, loved the fact that they still had the tag left on Ruby's extra small cowboy hat. <laughs> I mean, that was... I liked that touch. It's just like with Ronaldo still had the price tag on his psychic ghost amulet. And, uh... Yeah, like Stephen implying that he eats flour, just flour. <laughs> you like flour and sugar. I I still like cake, even though I do like to eat flour by itself. A very mysterious part of the Stephen Universe lore that perhaps people in Delmarva eat just flour alone. Well, um, you have to put bay seasoning uh, on it first. That's a that's a reference to keep Beach City weird. Um, the the blog, not the episode. Indubitably. Oh. oh, it's been a while since I've checked that blog and seen if Ronaldo's still updating it. I'm sure he is. I, I I think I think it's done. I think I'm assuming Matt was responsible for that. I think he's the one who posted the lost post for Tiger Philanthropist. Oh, uh, okay. I guess he'll just have to keep putting the show into his own show now instead of on on a blog. Yeah, the the last post was April 18th, 2017, advertising the Keep Beach City Weird book, which was of course written by Ben Levin and Matt Burnett. Hmm. Our uh, Craig of the Creek boys. <laughs> you know, two of the three elders of the creek. And so very tangentially related to creeks, um yeah, the diamonds came back. And that was a really big 22 minute episode, huh? Yeah, you're up a creek when the diamonds come back. (laughs) Oh boy, that was, uh, again, just wow. Having the cluster involved was (sighs) super cool, and I was thinking after we had the art book that we were never... I mean, I knew we had to deal with the cluster in the future, but I don't know why I didn't think we wouldn't see some part of their reformation. And surely that's not even the last of it. I mean, the, the Attack on Titan-style arm, though. Whoa. Yes! <laughs> Looked very muscular, yeah. I, I don't... Uh, maybe one of you guys can help me. I don't understand the whole point of the sequence of like, Oh, hold on, I need to I need to go to sleep to try to calm it down. And then, oh, here, he falls asleep because I programmed him with this magical strum that'll put him to sleep as soon as I strum it. Came in very handy when we were living in the van. And then, right. hey guys, are you okay? Oh, the, the bubble broke already. Hey guys, we just wasted 30 seconds. I, I, I mean, the bubble just broke and we're all doomed. Yeah, so basically <laughs> that sequence is called just fulfilling a requirement. Although I'm not really sure. What if... requirement is it fulfilling? Right, though? because they the ground already... was already rumbling. But since Steven knows how to reach out and we've already seen him reach out, I guess he had to attempt oh. it. I guess that's why they only made it take 30 seconds. 
Maybe that was foreshadowing for the unconscious Steven bit after Yellow totally curb stomps him through his shield. Right, it kind of helps mm-hmm. set that up because the floating that we see there is the exact same as at the end of the episode. And we haven't quite seen him be in this kind of space before, except technically the last time he was with the cluster. He was taking on this more ghosty, phantomy form. Oh, no. um, maybe maybe I would have felt better about that sequence if they had spent a little bit more time in it instead of the whole, oh, is the cluster going to destroy us? You know, maybe they had had the cluster indicate that it was angry, that it was being disturbed, and that it wanted to protect its home, you know, rather than having the will it, won't it aspect. Maybe maybe that would have made that sequence feel a little bit more well used. Like, have Steven communicate with it and tell it, here's what's happening, here's what you need to do. It contributed to a feeling of... Um, Dread. Sort of rushness when, like, we transition from the wedding to, okay, the handship is just smacking the ground suddenly. Like, none of the characters ever ask why, which is what I was asking. Like, wouldn't anyone be like, you know, why are they just smacking the ground right now? Why are they actually coming back? Why are they not attacking us? You know, it would have been nice to hear a character actually empathize with the viewer's thought, which normally Steven Universe characters love talking. But Peridot did call out, hey, we're over here, you clods. They must be here (laughs) for the cluster. Yeah. And so I guess everyone's just expecting the cluster to be a problem again, but... I I really do hope they explain it because that transition was very sudden and then the rushing inside to sleep and then rushing back outside (laughs) was strange. And then the fact that Blue decided to confront Steven again confuses the matter because if it really is as plain as just Yellow and Blue decide to come to Earth because they figured Rose had ended up there and why not just smack the ground right now because we want it and Blue will just talk to slash maybe Shatter or... I don't know what she really wanted to get out of Rose. I guess she just feels bad. I think Blue is acting very impulsively at that point. It's like, okay, Yellow's playing with a very uncooperative cluster. I see Rose over there, and I'm going to go hurt her very badly. I don't think that was part of the plan. Yeah. I do... The the choice, though, to do the whole phantomy thing... I can't remember how Steven refers to it to Connie. A classic psychic ghost situation. Right, so the classic psychic yeah. ghost situation is definitely a great way for the show to deal with the fact that it doesn't do extended action sequences. But at this point, I'm feeling like the reason the show doesn't do it isn't because they couldn't execute it well, but because they just don't want to focus on that aspect. Like, the fighting is so simplified in yeah. this ending. Like, it is not an all-out battle royale between all the gems and the diamonds. It's really actually weird that everyone kind of like the diamond will just stand around and let a ball of gems come at them yeah it's mostly a pushing match between the two sides that's basically what they're doing to each other so like having lapis come back and all that like is fine (sighs) and being involved in the fight's fine and dropping a house on her wicked witch style is fine (laughs) i was really surprised they didn't have some feet popping out all that was fine but i'm glad that they ended it off with the ghosty sequence instead of however else and also just the design of that was a lot more interesting than the fight although i I do wish i knew like what because they they showed like the crystal gems fighting so were they just like blocking projectiles that blue was throwing at them or what and yellow's just standing there zapping anyone who gives her too much lip (laughs) 
Yeah, that sequence was the the actual non-abstract parts of seeing the phantoms of everyone fighting is kind of weird because they all just kind of stood there. Like Amethyst was just shaking her whip around. Dokashara was just firing from her spear. I I don't know, but I'm not worried about it. It's fine. I, I do like that now that Bismuth is back, they they feel free to use the upgrades that Bismuth gave them again. <laughs> yes. You know, they're not ashamed of it anymore. Yeah, that was a very subtle piece that, you know, they're actually willing to use it again because Bismuth reintegrated. That's a cool detail. Mm-hmm. I think there was an element of missing her to cause them to put those away. A thing I wish we could have seen more of, and I don't know when we're going to see it again because... I don't think we're going to be fighting the diamonds again for a while. Is Probably not. The, the true uh-huh. power of the diamonds. Because right now, Blue and Yellow have seemed pretty bad about instilling their will around them by using their power. Like, it seems that they're not actually that powerful magic slash science wise. Like, sure, Blue has the crying power, but I expected a lot more. The, the sort of well, orb-like energy she was making... If that's, like, the biggest thing it is, like, I'm sure yellow can, like, zap gems, but it's still not as godlike, I guess, as I expect someone yeah. titled the diamond to be. Well, Blue was just toying with them at that point, and I, I think that there is a certain level of instinctive, oh, you guys are the bosses, okay, I'll do what you say. Yeah. But hopefully, oh, maybe we get a season on Homeworld that explains this kind of stuff. <gasps> yes. Go to Homeworld. I want to see, like, the whole planet. What does it look like? That would be pretty awesome. I mean, maybe maybe that thing, that one shot from the promo that wasn't in Reunited, is the Pink Diamonds ship coming to take them all to Homeworld. Who knows? I mean, we still need that ship, the diamond ship, to, like, form into a giant body anyway. I mean, there's a lot that needs to happen, but the setup that they have now is so cool for... You know, after we had this extended song at the beginning, I feel like this push to have the show focus on the here and now with this total change in how everyone feels about Steven slash Rose slash Pink is (laughs) just going to be awesome for their creativity in the next season. I'm just looking at this commercial here. You know, that that one on you shot and it the scene doesn't look white. It looks pinkish like it was taken at Twilight. Or, like, there's some big pink thing in the sky making everything pink. Hey, I mean, if they go and restore Pink's ship out in the desert so that diamonds can get back home, seems like a possibility. Because remember, at the very beginning of the commercial, the the part we saw in Reunited, you see a lot of blue and you see a lot of yellow. And in the part that they didn't use, you see a lot of pink. So I'm hoping we don't have a white diamond fight coming up soon. I'm hoping we have a field trip to Homeworld. And I really hope it's an arm. I hope it's not legs. Please don't let it be legs. It's going to be <laughs> legs, and I'm going to be legs. so happy. <laughs> I don't want a leg ship. Please. Just, the show has already successfully made hands and arms normal. Why does it have to try to normalize legs too? Can't it just be happy with the, hand, with the hands and arms? Absolutely not. If they are not two legs with hips flying around the cosmos, I will not be sated. (sighs) Please let it be arm. Please let it be an arm. No. Because what? Is it going to form into like 
You know, they no. have like eight arms just all attached in the middle and it's just a spinning disc of arms at some point. That's a lame ship, GC. I, 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 it's it gotta be a It doesn't head. have to be Voltron. It doesn't yeah. have to be Megazord. It can just be an armada. A flotilla, even. So, yeah. How do you think the diamonds are going to deal with this in, in what is the inevitable follow-up episode to oh, this finale? There is going to be... Well, we saw the commercial that they played immediately after Reunited. So that uh, is mm-hmm. indicating them learning about corruption. You know, they thought they had wiped out all gem cards. Well, you didn't quite wipe them out. You actually turned them all into monsters. And so I'm thinking that I thought that this would happen like so much earlier in the series, but it looks like we're finally going to work on corruption this season, in which case we don't need a big stupid bad guy like White Diamond or something. I do want to learn more about white diamond i just don't want somebody who's like i'm big and bad and you need to fight me um i i want to show some love to all these gems and get them integrated back into society how horrible is that though that the diamonds thought they had just murdered the entire planet of gems though <laughs> mm. these things happen i mean these are the same people and i've seen this brought up somewhere on the subreddit before you know, these diamonds, no matter how sympathetic they become to pink, are horrible people. That cluster is disgusting in what they chose to do. I mean, the, those experiments are so horrifying. The, the, just because they play nice with Steven, their actions are crazy inexcusable, what they're doing out there right now. And that's going to be mm-hmm. a problem fast. Just because they talk with Steven and like him being pink, I mean, what's what's next? They disagree significantly about what they're doing right now. And I, I don't know what happens after they decide that's Pink. Because also, what are they going to do? Pink decided to be Rose, and then Rose decided to become Steven. So I think that they're going to understand that just ripping the gem out of Steven isn't going to solve their problem of getting Pink back. Steven is Pink. Ah. Oh. Okay, so I like have a wild uh hypothesis this is this is one direction i would consider taking the series if i were the writer but so you have uh i'm assuming that you have white diamond as the head of the diamond authority and she probably doesn't do a whole lot of day-to-day thinking she's probably a big old strategic thinker who gives very very broad directives to blue and yellow but otherwise has no interaction blue and yellow operate colonies direct armies and stuff pink had never had a role, and Blue and Yellow tried to bring her in to make colonies just like they did, and that obviously didn't work. What if they bring in Steven as the heart of the Diamond Authority to implement those directives in a non-cruel manner? Kind of like a symbionic titan kind of way, where you have Lance as the body Hmm. and Alana as the heart. Or I guess it would also be, uh, what's it called? Metropolis. Did you just correctly guess the end of Steven Universe? I am so confused right now. That's amazing. If I may get my burn notice on, it's what I would do. (laughs) Oh man, I used to love that show. Well, that would make a whole lot of sense for Steven to become the aspect of the Diamond Authority that carried out their mission in in an empathetic way. Well, he doesn't do it. He just he just tells them how to be empathetic because they don't feel it themselves. Yeah, but that's going to be a long road to get there. And I don't know how much of, you know, again, 
I don't know how much of this show we have left. Like, is the next season the last yeah. season? We have at least 34 episodes unaired so far. I mean, they took this whole past season just to deal with, you know, who killed Pink turning into, oh, Rose is Pink. So I don't know, like, if they're going to have to transform the diamonds, that feels like a season-long activity to me. And then fitting in White Diamond and fitting in healing all the gems and then, you know, dealing with the cluster. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how they do all that. Who knows? A little bit of free time. Anything Anything else about the bomb that you guys wanted to mention? Uh, Nanafwa's guards... <laughs> <laughs> dancing during the wedding they got moves cutest detail of the bomb <laughs> like absolutely blink and you miss it but if you go back yeah. her cards yeah. kind of bending down and dancing with her was adorable and according to the language of the camera in that scene it looks like dewey had a thing for one of those guys <laughs> i think that's probably not um, it I, th- I think he's regretful about his position as mayor I yeah can't remember. there might have been think. an episode about that you well, know it, i, I do... don't know it folk the camera moved so that only one of them was on camera anymore it wasn't the whole batch you know it wasn't the whole mayor lifestyle that uh the camera said that was about i don't know that's true for all we know the biggest aspect he misses is his security personnel yeah, the ones that leave and you get shirted. What good they are. But I, you know, seeing Jamie being so remiss over Garnet's wedding, while that was hilarious, oh man, like, it just reminded me, seeing Dewey also sad, how long it's been since we had a Dewey thinks Pearl is hot joke. Yeah. Which I don't think is coming back, but I'm glad they at least put in Jamie's. <laughs> Jamie's romantic failings in there. That was very funny to see them leave together. Why did they never include a wannabe love interest for Amethyst? I mean, you have the Dahlia as a supportive friend, but that's like not even close to Dewey or to Jamie. Yeah. I don't know. I think Pearl's just going to be the focus of if there's any more human-gem relationships. Amethyst just is pretty chill being her right now. I guess we're currently calling Mystery Girl Sabina. I mean, whatever Mystery Girl's name turns out to be, uh, apparently they just wanted her to be a one-off character, you know, something they said they never do. I, I hope they bring her back in the next season. Come on. I mean, heck, even Ian JQ is, at this point, a primary character in this show. You know, he shows up again. I love how his character model is always in these biggest episodes. Like, he is an actual canon... <laughs> they need to have his character say something in his voice. That would be hilarious. <sighs> Mm. Yeah, but then it would be like hearing him after being Radicles would be so <laughs> alarming. If Ms. Sugar does not voice White Diamond, then she and Ian need to both voice self characters in the last episode of the series. Oh. Or at the very least, there needs to be a crossover between OKKO OK and Steven Universe. I'll take that as a consolation prize. It could happen. Okay, KO could definitely have a crossover episode, but last I heard, people were expecting an Okay, KO and Mighty Magiswords crossover. Oh no! Please uh... don't do that to me. <laughs> it would uh... fit with Okay, KO so well, though. Oh, Mighty Magiswords, man! I, ugh. I mean, maybe it became incredible. I, I don't remember having any fondness. Well, remember, it would be the OKKO OK crew writing the crossovers, so. 
Yeah, there's always hope. Because I love OKKO, but... Yeah, and then maybe, just maybe, Craig of the Creek can get a crossover. Oh, they need a Craig of the Creek, We Bear Bears crossover. Or at the very least, have a have Craig be listening to something talking about Beach City Underground wrestling. <laughs> you know, because Matt and Ben were always the wrestling fans on Steven. Yeah, well, <laughs> this is probably the closest we're going to get again to seeing anything wrestling with a giant arm wrestling match. <laughs> yes, and remember, don't <laughs> don't forget Lonely Arms from Storm in the Room, the Lonely Blade arm wrestling game. Yeah, maybe the cluster can find a pastime in that. Hey, that just reminded me. We didn't see the cluster. Did the cluster go back in the hole? Yeah. It, uh, it yeah. Okay. voluntarily deformed. Did it re-bubble itself? It bubbled itself the first time. Why couldn't it bubble itself again? I guess, man. I guess it's just chill doing that. That's such a disturbing situation. I don't know how... All Remember, this... it does not want to destroy the planet. It wants the planet to stay around, and so it has to bubble itself away. True that. Yeah, it was able to form just an arm, too, and not be a giant, giant, giant woman, <laughs> so... A giant type. Ooh, I need to go back in the art book now and actually look at how close that arm was to that concept design. Because if it's anything close, that would be an amazing thing to see in show. <laughs> oh, okay. So, like, another thing that maybe in the next few episodes will happen. Uh, where's Lars in the off colors? Excuse me? Well, uh, Sadie's concert has clearly not happened yet. So Lars in the off colors clearly cannot arrive on Earth yet. Right, we were we were kind of talking about who's going to be the surprise show up, and besides Bismuth, you know, Lapis coming in last second sort of filled that role. Andy did not mm. fill that role in his plane. Yeah. He Andy delaying. did not fly his plane into anybody's head. No, which is maybe a missed opportunity, but you know that's okay. But Lars also is still just, I guess, out there doing his thing. But now is the perfect time for him to come back when the yes. when the diamonds have their guard down the most. Oh, that would be so cool, like, if the Diamonds were to, like, be special guests at the concert and do a song and dance number. That would be so cool. <laughs> I mean, it's never going to happen, but it would be so they awesome. They are genocidal dictators. And they have charisma. <laughs> they have poise. They have mystique. They're perfect for Sadie Killer and the Suspects. I mean, remember, Sadie Killer and the Suspects is a band about a serial killer and her minions, so... Are you telling me that a serial killer oh, yeah. and her minions ain't about that life? I mean, yellow is yellow, so she would definitely fit in as a minion. I think this could work out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you even? <laughs> what, where's our minions crossover? I can't believe there hasn't been a no. minions crossover no. yet. Doesn't Comcast ultimately own Cartoon Network? They probably they own everything. They definitely own the minions. Uh. This could happen. Maybe oh. in Steven Universe Go, we'll pencil that episode in for you. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, final thoughts? It's a bold new era. I'm excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Diamonds and humans working together. I guess Steven's technically a hybrid. And yeah. we don't know what Onion is. We still don't know what <laughs> Onion is. And we still haven't had an Onion song number. And after the amazing <laughs> song that just happened here... I need another soundtrack, and they're gonna. That's the bit next thing that they need to do in the show is keep amping up their musical numbers. After seeing this, you know, I know that they've got some more incredible songs in them. An Onion one could definitely be in order. I mean, we've heard 
Ruby's thing now. So, <laughs> you know, anyone's still on mm-hmm. the table. Sapphire hasn't sung yet. There's a lot more to learn about Sapphire still. Ooh, Bismuth and Sapphire. Mm. Hmm. So, oh, yeah. Wow. More songs, more space, and White Diamond. It's all in the future. And we'll be there when it happens, months or years from now. Yeah, Reunited was definitely hype. And just remember, Joe said on Tumblr that Comic-Con was in two weeks and they'd be there. So... Hopefully we get we get something. At, at least, hopefully we get the new intro, which I gotta believe is coming. <gasps> that would be hopefully. a lot of fun. Yes, Since please. they premiered the last one at a at a comic con. Yeah. If if nothing else, I hope we get the new intro and ideally an announcement of when the last two episodes of the season are coming out. Oh yeah. I don't think a comic con has passed that Steven Universe hasn't had a trailer at, so it'll be exciting. And there's always been episodes in the fall, so. We're going to be exploring some of this this year. Thank goodness. Crossing our fingers. But we'll be here next week. Until then, I'm GC13. I'm Isabel. And I'm David. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.